Cool. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Luca. It's a weird Greek name. Uh, hey, how you doing? Uh, as in, look, a camera, or look, a guy called Ross. It's all good. Um, so uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pray. Heavenly Father, we we thank you that you're here, and we thank you, Jesus, uh, for uh, for that you've made a way for us and to be in your very presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are listening for you. Uh, speak to us and speak through us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. So we've been uh, doing a series on uh, positioned for promotion. And so David did two weeks on what do you need to be positioned for promotion. First of all, what does that mean? It means that God wants to position us, his people, us, the people who are here to bear witness to our wonderful King Jesus and his wonderful kingdom. Uh, he wants to put us in places where we can, we can do that. Places in our workplace, places in our community. Uh, you know, and and he said, you know, if you if you want to go, Christians often limit themselves to say, oh, I'll just be here, and this is all I can do. And and David's the thing on David is to say, no, flip and go for it. You know, uh, if there's something higher, if there's something really full on that you want to go for, go for it. Uh, God bless that guy. If you want to listen to uh, those two sermons, they're uh, on podcast. Uh, uh, Apple Podcast, if you get that, and also uh, on YouTube as well. Hey, I'm going to talk about inspiring people. Uh, um, I'll no, I'll, I'll go through and, and do it this way. So, um, for not from the east nor from the west. Uh, so today's is on Deborah. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so, from not from the east nor from the west, um, uh, come or from the south, come promotion and lifting up but god is the judge he puts down one and he lifts up the other that's from psalm 75 verses 6 and 7 and another one this is from first peter 5 6 that's not on the screen therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time peter writing to people who are in persecution it's audacious that he says humble yourselves before god they were humbled under persecution and he's like you know Humble yourselves, because in due time, he's going to lift you up. Uh, friends, uh, God, uh, God is going to lift us up, uh, but he, uh, he is the one who lifts up. And so for two weeks, David talked about things like uh, being humble, uh, keeping a positive spirit and a positive attitude. Um, what else? I wrote them all down because they were so good. Oh, that was after I printed this off. Okay, uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, listen to those two sermons. Well, this one's on Deborah, and it's on uh, people who are uh, inspirational. And, I, and Deborah's a woman, so I, I should share about my mum. Uh, hi, mum. Good to see you. Could you all say, hi, Joan? That's really cool. <laughs> Uh, so mum, my mum, I'll just talk about something simple she did and then something a little bit more complex. Mum is an amazing cook. She took my, her mother-in-law, my grandmother's recipes that were in handfuls and pinches because my grandmother grew up in a village in southwest Turkey and she translated these into cups and teaspoons and things like that. 
uh, it takes a great skill to be able to do that. And, and she taught us all to cook. She was very inspiring and encouraging in that. She, I remember I was about 12 years old and she said, okay, everybody's going to have a go at cooking something. And I had a go at bread. Um, my brothers and sisters used to call it lead bread. <laughs> Thanks very much, Nicholas, Michael and Demetra. Anyway, but they were all right. It was, it was terrible. But look, you know, but mum was always encouraging. Because of mum being encouraging to all of us in that, and, you know, oh, that, that's really good. That, you know, whatever we cooked, uh, she found the good things in it. 30 years later, we love cooking. And I, I hope to think that we're a blessing to our, to our spouses. Uh, we, we love to, to share recipes. We love to cook for each other. And uh, this is the legacy uh, that my mum uh, gets to enjoy of having her sons and daughters or sons and daughter cook for her. Uh, um, so that's simple. Mum was also is, is really amazing in the way that she, uh, she uh, how she deals with relatives. Now, we had wonderful relatives, and then we had relatives that were a little bit prickly and, and a little bit rude. Um, you guys don't have that because you've got perfect families. So, <laughs> but, you know, mum is, mum does not necessarily attend church at all, but mum was wonderfully gracious and compassionate and in future, you know, in further years she was conciliatory towards these people and would always make space for them at family functions uh, and she just, she didn't hold a grudge. Uh, so my mum, through her own, character and the way she did things uh, really, really spoke to us as well. Uh, so, thanks, Mum. Uh, your turn now. So, uh, if you're an introvert, you can, you, there's no social pressure on you to socially relate. You can just get into your phone and reflect for yourselves. Can you think about somebody who inspires you uh, and who, who, or somebody who has inspired you and share with the people around you? Uh, can you do that? You've got two minutes. Go for it. Okay, and uh, tuning back in, please. Thank you. Lovely. I, I'm a teacher, uh, which is why I'm dressed in these clothes today. <laughs> I actually work in the outdoors. Uh, my colleagues call this my deputy principal uh, get up. Anyway, but look, there's God is, is God, Jesus is the greatest teacher. The way he teaches us is all different sorts of way. He's going to speak through me. He's going to speak through you. He's going to speak through the people near you because you're all filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's why I'm... And, and what you shared today, I hope that becomes something that you touch back on and reflect back on and the people near you as well. Uh, so let's keep on going. Um, okay, so last week, uh, we're up to the exemplars of people who are positioned for promotion, positioned to be... Uh, 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 an influence on the community around them. Uh, so Joseph was last week amazing guy. He demonstrated an industrious attitude in even in his youth, that kind of ticked off his brothers. But that was more about favoritism that his father showed. So uh, he responded positively to negative treatment from his brothers who tried to kill him and then sold him into slavery, being thrown into prison. Uh, he he kept the well-being of his boss in mind. So Potiphar. Uh, uh, he, he, his wife uh, tried to seduce Joseph and he said no uh, and he was thrown in jail. Uh, he should have been killed. He really should have been killed. So there's some perception around Potiphar that goes, 
there's something wrong here, so I'm just going to keep throwing you in jail. The hand of the Lord was on him, all this. And that's something else. The hand of the Lord was on Joseph, and it says that continually throughout the story. And the hand of the Lord is on you, and he's on me. Joseph was diligent in the toughest of places, in prison, uh, uh, in slavery. And Joseph's outer world was transformed by his inner world. You don't really hear much about Joseph's own thought about his outer world, but it's in there. Have a look at the names of his sons. Uh, Manasseh, which means forget. For God made me forget my hardship and all my father's house, because that was so painful. Uh, the name he called Ephraim, which was fruitful, because God made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. His suffering was full on, but obviously, obviously there is a, an inner conversation between Joseph and Yahweh. And, and so uh, it, it transforms his outer world. And this is from the servant or the steward of Joseph. He says to the brothers who go, we got this money. And the steward says, oh, peace be to you, uh, you know, sons of, uh, of Israel. Don't be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has put the treasure in your sacks for you. So he's obviously having this influence on the people around him. So that's Joseph. We're moving on to uh, Deborah. So Deborah, just to contextualize who Deborah is, Deborah is a judge in the time of the judges. Um, is it there? There it is. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, in, it, it's a very Quentin Tarantino-esque uh, book. So Quentin Tarantino was uh, an interesting influence on my youth. But you read that book and it's, it's, it's a lawless and crazy time. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the Judges, it says at the end of Judges, but it's true for the whole book. In those days, there was no king in Israel and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take revenge on that guy. Uh, you know, I'm going to... It's just a crazy, crazy book. Uh, and if you're a young adult, I encourage you to read it. Um, it may develop a passion for the Lord and reading of his scripture in other places. Yeah. So this is a quote from Deborah herself. In the days of Shagma, son of Anath, in the day of Jael, the highways were deserted and the travellers walked along the byways. Village life ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. And it's, it's a bad place, you know. Uh, you know, people are afraid to walk down the highway in case they get mugged or taken, or taken over. There's a cycle of apostasy going on uh, in, in Judges. So Judges is Moses, ha through God, God through Moses has redeemed the Israelites from, the pro from, Israel, uh, from Egypt. Thank you. Uh, that's why Jonathan sits at the front. Uh, uh, they've gone through the desert for 40 years. They've gone into the promised land. Moses died. Uh, Joshua, who led them into the promised land, is dead. And now they're there. Uh, and so the cycle of apostasy is this. They kind of fall away from God and they start either doing whatever they see fit or even following the idolatry and the idolatrous practices of the people around them, which includes human sacrifice, which includes avenging each other sevenfold. It's just really, really bad stuff. Uh, and so, and then things go really bad. And then they cry out to the Lord. And God, which is a good thing, because God is always faithful even when we aren't. And God sends them a judge, in this case, to redeem. Judges are three kinds, uh, and some are kind of two and three altogether. Moses was all three. So sometimes they're just military leaders who will lead 
uh, people against their oppressor. Uh, in the ca this case, the oppressor is a Canaanite king, uh, uh, Jabin. And, is that right? No, I should really check that. Uh, it slipped my mind. And his, uh, the commander of his army is Sisera. And Sisera, it says in Ju Judges 4, has been oppressing Israel for about 20 years at this time. Okay, so one is a military commander. So one, one sort of judge is a military leader who'll lead against the oppressor and knock them out. Sometimes they're just heroes. Uh, so Samson is a hero who takes out the Philistines, and this creates sort of breathing ground for uh, for Israel and for the people. Uh, or Ehud, uh, who is left-handed. Uh, Ehud's story is in uh, Judges three. Uh, have a read. But he takes out uh, uh, one of the kings that's oppressing Israel, and Israel has peace up to that time. And sometimes they're just simply judges. What's a judge? There's somebody who uh, instructs uh, the people uh, about the law and even judges between them. Please don't think of Judge Judy when you think of Deborah. I, <laughs> I just don't get that vibe from her. Uh, I, I don't. But the, the, so... But she, um, that's what she did. So, you know, married couples would come to her. You know, he keeps on stealing remote control. And he, you know, she judges between individual people, brothers, uh, neighbours, uh, families, clans. So there's a lot of judge, judging to do. Uh, so that's, let's have a look at her now. So that's the sort of judge she was. Um, and this is more about Deborah. So she was good. Some of those judges were not squeaky clean. In fact, they were anything bad. You know, you read them, you go, this guy, this guy is the Lord's chosen? He is dodgy, you know. Um, I won't go into it now because it's, it's, uh, it's G time and there are children listening. But, you know, it's, they, they're, they're not um, absolutely holy and anointed people all the time. Uh, read the stories. Deborah was good. The scriptures have nothing bad to say about Deborah. Second, she was a woman. This is really important because this is a time where women are a property. Uh, and, and sadly in the world today, that, that kind of uh, ethos still kind of exists. In creation, you know, God says to Adam and Eve... And, and they, the God's head say amongst themselves in, in Genesis 1 and 2, let's make man in our image or, you know, people in our image and let's give them dominion over the whole earth. Okay? And so men and women are co-heirs over the whole earth. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then there's the fall and everything goes to pot. This is a wonderful glimpse at God's intention for men and women restored she's anointed called or ordained by god to this role as judges normally a man would do that we're all the men that's one of the big questions around this but she's doing a wonderful job uh, and she is a prophetess which means the very not just she's not just got the book of the law sitting there the very words of god are being spoken through her god is giving her words to say and to speak to people. And we'll see that in her story today. <coughs> Sorry. And she's speaking uh, to people for God. 
uh, and she's an interpreter of the law of Moses. And again, she's a flash forward to the New Testament times. And we, we see all of this of the women of the New Testament. Uh, we see women who are called and ordained by God. So you see Junia, you see Priscilla, or Priscilla and Aquila. These people are, these women are leaders, uh, sometimes with men and sometimes not men. Uh, we see definitely prophetesses, so uh, Philip's daughters. He's got seven daughters who are all prophets and who speak for the Lord. And they're definitely interpreters. You know, uh, the book of Romans, Romans 16, chapter 16, you have a look at the character called Phoebe. Phoebe is the person who brought the letter. So she would have read the letter. So New Testament scholar Craig S. Keener tells us this. Uh, he's still alive. There's another guy called Gordon Fee. A lot of people write about this. But she is a person who... Phoebe gets the letter of Romans and she's the one tasked with not only reading it, but then afterwards people say, oh, what does Paul mean by that? And because she's had the chinwag with Paul, she'd say, oh, well, he means this and, and he means thus and so. So, you know, we, God has sort of restored this ministry, you know, back to women. He is lifting men and women back to be co-heirs and, and co-everything with God. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? Um, okay, so let's look at her now as positioned for promotion uh, or positioned to be an influence. Why did she get that? Oh, by the way, these are some Monday women. Uh, you'll have a look. So there's uh, Christine Kane, who uh, is leading... She's leading women and men out of slavery, out of um, trafficking, human trafficking, uh, in the middle areas. Sorry, it's really close to my heart. In the middle is Mariah uh, Wordsworth Edda. Amazing, phenomenally gifted and very humble woman uh, who, who brought the word of God and the power of the Spirit to thousands uh, in America in uh, 1800s and early 1900s. There's Margaret Court. Uh, Margaret Court, not without, uh, not without controversy, she actually uh, shared the gospel with my mum. My mum loves tennis <laughs> So mum went along to hear Margaret Court speak about Jesus. Freaked my mum out a little when she spoke in tongues. But that's, that's cool. And, and then uh, Joyce, good old Joyce Meyer. Have you read Battlefield for the Mind? That is, that is a kicking book. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, Narelle and I were sitting and thinking of other women who do stuff and we probably said about 20 names between us. Anybody want to call out some names of, of women who are who are ministering amazingly, apart from the women in this church. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, well, we can do that later. Anyway, but yeah, there are, there are thousands and thousands of women, as well as the women that you've seen uh, on stage and you'll see on stage at this church. So Deborah was faithful in the task she had. Deborah was a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth. She was judging Israel at the time of Sisera's oppression and she would sit under the palm tree and the children of Israel, this whole nation, would come before her for judgment. Uh, so she is faithful. It's a, it's a, it's a nine-to-five job being a judge. It's a six-day job. And Jeb, Deborah, every day. You can imagine with every faithful judgment, <sighs> the people of the land just breathed. You know how you do when, when somebody delivers something faithful? You hear the courts have come through in, in the sight of righteousness? That's what Deborah was doing, uh, and that's what people did. Uh, and it brings peace in the land as well. Uh, 
uh, so she's faithful in the task she has. Um, and also, uh, she's faithful in delivering the words of God as a prophet. So let's, uh, let's have a look at that. Uh, through Deborah, God uh, inspired other people to action or lifted other people to action. So here's the thing. Uh, she sent and summoned the son of Abinoam from Kadesh Naphtali and said to him, uh, so sorry, Barak, sorry, uh, that's the guy. And he says, she says, has not the Lord God of Israel commanded you, go gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from Naphtali and the people of Zebulun, and I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin Zabi, it is Jabin, uh, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give them into your hand. By the way, when she says, has not the Lord, it means, yes, the Lord has. If, if God is speaking to you and telling you to do something, if it aligns with Scripture, and if you're still not sure about it and you go and talk to two or three older trusted Christians, do the thing. So she inspires this guy to do it. She gets a word, she delivers it. Now, um, he, he doesn't know God like her, and it takes... Deborah, who knows God well, uh, to go and do the thing. So when God gives you a word, that's enough. Barak responds to her, uh, if you go with me, I will go, but if you don't, I'm not going to go. Deborah at that time realizes, I'm going to have to go. I can sit under the palm tree and enjoy people bringing me their problems and enjoy the honor that comes from just being there or... And we're still going to get oppressed by Sisera. His armies are still going to come in here and terrorize us. Or I can go and I can do the thing. <sighs> so she says, surely I will go. And then she gives this prophetic word. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory. Did you know I was preaching on this? <laughs> Did you hear? So Jonathan just read this out. The road that you're leading to your glory will not lead to your... road you're going will not lead to your glory. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Spoiler alert, the woman is not Deborah. Then Deborah arose and she went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak called out Zebulun and Antali to Kadesh and 10,000 men went up at his heels and Deborah went with him. So it was enough, but he kind of just needed her there as, as a bit of security. Uh, so, uh, so she inspires people and she gets personally involved because she has to. Uh, and, and it looks in that she's giving prophetic words. She's obviously in conversation with God all the way through this. What's the result of her getting personally involved? It's freedom for God's people. Uh, and this oppressor who was oppressed for 20 years is about to be gone. And so Deborah did more than talk. Deborah arose. They're Deborah's own words, you know. I, Deborah, arose. Arose as a mother in Israel. Uh, and and she gets up and does the thing. So that's Deborah. She she's more than talk. She's more than sitting and resting comfortably. And as I was preparing this, I really felt God say that there are people here and people listening who are saying, uh, there are things that really get you. There are things that really irritate you. And you're like, you know, somebody should really do something about that. In a very wonderfully Australian way, David said a couple of weeks ago, have a go, your mug. Uh, 
And I, I just, I, I feel that God is, is inviting some people to really go on a process of discernment. Is God speaking to you about something that he wants you to do? Is God inviting you to do something about that thing? You keep on going, so well, somebody should really do something about this. It might be local, it might be just down the road, it might be a simple thing, or it might be a little bit more complex. Keep in conversation with God. Uh, okay, what else? Deborah. Deborah said the number five. Deborah shared the joy of success. So then Deborah and Barak. Uh, so basically, what happens is Deborah stays in Kadesh, and she says, Barak, you know we're up here on Mount Table. Down there is Sisera. This is the time for you to go. Go get him, because God's giving him to your hands. He goes down. They. The Israelites trash the army of Sisera, which is no mean feat. Uh, and then uh, they, they go out. And she says, when the leaders, uh, so they sing on this day, when the leaders lead in Israel, when the people willing them, willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. In other words, when, when leaders get up and say, hey, let's go and do this thing, which they hadn't for 20 years, People go, yeah, no, let's, it's time, let's go and do this thing. People, um, teams need leaders and leaders need teams. And, and so when these leaders rise and say, let's do this thing, everybody goes, yeah, it's about time. Let, let's go and do it. And again, maybe, maybe that leader is you. Maybe of two or three people, maybe of many more. Uh, when the citizens of the kingdom rise up to bear witness to our wonderful king and his amazing kingdom. Bless the Lord. This is us. This is us now. So I've, I've got a conclusion here, which is kind of a wrap-up. Again, I, I believe in the power of reflection. It talks about reflection in Scripture, and where, you know, you look in the mirror and you see yourself and you do nothing about it. Uh, or you look in your mirror and you go, oh, far out, I've got some toothpaste here, I, I should clean that up. Uh, well, let's reflect now. Is there something in this, in this message and in this little reflection on Deborah that has touched you and has spoken to you? So just take a few minutes now, just have a bit of a think about it. Uh, I'm just going to... She was positioned for promotion. Uh, she was faithful in the task that she had in being a judge and being a prophet. She inspires and lifts others into it. She gets personally involved. She does more than talk. And then she shares in the joy of success. Well, have a chat now because God just might be talking to you or talking through you. Please talk to each other now about what, you've, what we've thought about and what you think about it. Go for it. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to pause you there and just come to the land there. Anybody got anything that they really felt to share at all? Please. Yes. Um, okay, both in Joseph's case and in Deborah's case, they demonstrated integrity. Uh, Deborah was a judge, and to make judgments such as the ones that she did took a lot of integrity, and I think that is related to promotion as well, godly promotion, that is. Very much so. Very true. Anybody else? Oh, go for um, I've just been reading a book that is speaking about um, 
God's original design for um, people and men and women to be co-reigning. So I just really appreciated that. I've been learning about it too. Uh, we, we could go on, but the kids need to be picked up from kids' church. Uh, I'm going to kind of do two things. So if something has touched your heart during the service today, please don't leave without having people pray for you. Uh, getting the person next to you to pray, if you feel awkward with that, uh, the people at the front can pray. Uh, we, we had somebody, we had testimony about somebody uh, receiving more of the Holy Spirit and getting baptized in the Spirit. If you want to receive that, you can. Uh, if you're a woman and you really, this is spoken to you uh, about, about, uh, about leadership or about using any of those gifts, uh, please come and receive prayer uh, for that. Uh, wherever you are in your journey, and if there are the thousand other things that we, we, we need encouragement for, this is the house of the Lord, and we are the children of the Lord, and we should be able to encourage each other. So please, that, please do that. I'm going to pray uh, now for everybody. Uh, and if you need to go and get kids, do that. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, pray for each other. Father God, thank you that you are an empowering and amazing God. Thank you, Father God, uh, for examples like Joseph, for examples like Deborah, for people who uh, use what you have given them and take and go, yes, it's me. Here I am, send me. And uh, thank you, Father God, that uh, the same spirit that was in them and on them is in us and uh, longs uh, to reach out. Uh, uh, bless us, Father God, as we discern what you're speaking to us and saying to us. Uh, and thank you for, for what you've had to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in peace. God bless you.